maybe we should relook into this. Maybe we should, we should uh, open this opportunity up to our investors because we thought that, you know what, we actually like the deal. You know, why don't we jump in? We invest in every deal ourselves. So uh, after relooking at it over and over again, we thought, you know what, we will invest in this deal. We will uh, offer such opportunity to our investors and let them decide. Okay. Yes, there is a lot of unknown. There, yes, there is a lot of risks uh, and factors involved. We don't know what's going on. But at the same time, at that time, market was really plummeting, if you remember. Yes. The stock market uh, dropped about 30%. A lot of people started to get very nervous. Uh, some people were actually sitting on cash, uh, earning almost nothing. Uh, that, that particular deal, uh, cash flows from day one, it was paying anywhere from 5 to 9%. Uh, distributions paid out monthly and uh, we just uh, uh, opened that opportunity up we hosted the webinar welcome to real estate deal closers with Annette Tali where we focus on the deals our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same here is your host Annette Tali Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Lee, and my guest today is Alex Kolodinko. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, Annette. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to have you because we were talking right before we started um, the, the show how, you know, we, we are raising capital right now in times of COVID, and, and, you know, we were talking about how we were doing it. So super exciting to have you on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about Alex. He has over 10 years of strong experience in real estate investing with single family homes, tax deeds, liens, money lending, and fix and flips. He has spent 20 years in high-tech software industry in Bay Area working as an IT professional. Alex has co-founded Wealthy Mind Investments for his lifelong passion for helping people. Now his focus is on commercial real estate investments because of the simplicity of being passive investor, scalability, and tax efficiencies. He has created strategic partners with experienced multifamily operators that have boots on the ground. To success, the success of this partnership has resulted in increased cash flow and appreciation for all investors. He believes that busy professionals and investors deserve access to proven wealth strategies in commercial real estate investing so they can enjoy life to the fullest potential. Alex is originally from Ukraine, has lived in Silicon Valley for the last 25 years, and currently resides in Belmont with his wife and two sons. Impressive. 10 years of experience. Uh, thank, you. experience. thank you for being here. So tell me, how did you get into real estate? Uh, so that's a good question. So um, I, I always been uh, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit in me, even though I've had a, a corporate career for the last twenty years. And you know, real estate is a very proven wealth building vehicle, right? This is not a rocket science. You see, that there's a lot of, uh, especially wealthy and uber wealthy uh, uh, people uh, have been continuously investing uh, in real estate. And uh, I took a hard look at, my, at myself and others. Everybody seemed to be either doing real estate sales, uh, being an agent on the weekends. So I didn't really like that model. And I said, well, what if I become an investor? So uh, over time, I, I, I started uh, with single family homes like everybody else. And then eventually you know, ended up 
uh, with uh, syndication and commercial, uh, specifically larger projects such as uh, commercial uh, real estate. You know, we typically do invest in 100 plus units. We've done hotels, storage units. Uh, I've also invested in distribution centers and other type of uh, assets. Wow, impressive. So at one, po at one point, at what point, you, uh, how many homes did you own when you decided, you know, I think I need to, I need to do something bigger? How many? Yeah, so I actually did, yeah, yeah, so I actually do, did not have a large single family portfolio. I did a couple of fix and flips. Uh, I did buy one rental property, then I bought another rental property in, uh, actually in Florida, near Kissimmee. Uh, where Disneyland resorts are. So I started with Airbnb, it didn't work out, then I, I switched them to uh, traditional uh, leases. And then I realized, you know what, you know, I don't want to manage 20 properties because the plan was for me to buy 10 in my name and then 10 under my wife's name and then just retire happily thereafter, eventually pay them off. And uh, I've had such a difficult time <laughs> managing uh, these properties and I didn't do them myself. Uh, I did hire a property manager then I realized, you know what, there's got to be something out there uh, uh, more uh, lucrative than just single family homes. And that's where I, st I, I ended up uh, stumbling actually on the internet uh, on uh, syndication, on a group investing model for passive investors. Uh, luckily for me, I was a credited investor. I had a good net worth. And I started investing uh, as a passive investor myself to kind of try it out, just to prove, does this model uh, works or is just, uh, you know, smoke <laughs> on the internet? Because I, I did a lot of research, obviously, before. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to, to, to prove the system, like you said, and to learn as well. Because you're going to be, if you participate in a syndication, you're going to go through the process with, very limited risk because it's not on, it's not your responsibility but you're going to be participating and seeing the entire process as an passive investor and then you can decide if that's for you right correct and and you bring a very important point uh of that you try different things and then you pick what works for you because some people love airbnb and they love dealing with people um you know i have one of the units that i manage and the the owner wanted to change it into an Airbnb, and I was like, no. <laughs> and luckily, I was able to rent it for a very good price for a year lease, and so I didn't have to deal with Airbnb, which I think is just a lot more work, and I, I didn't want that. I think Airbnb could be really good uh, if you want to be very involved in it, but I, I don't want to. I want to... No, know, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's all about fi figuring out what works for you. I, I, I do have quite a bit of friends in the real estate uh, world. They utilize different strategies. The important thing is, you know, to figure out again, what works for you. I'm a busy guy. I still have a tech job, day job. It's a demanding job. I cannot devote too much time uh, for that uh, real estate uh, business endeavor. So I really like the passive component uh, as well. And it's a perfect vehicle for somebody who'd like to be in real estate, but cannot devote too much time and effort uh, that is involved. Because typically, as you know, uh, most people underestimate the amount of time that it requires <laughs> to do real estate investing. I mean, it takes time to research the property. Sometimes you have to tour them, arrange financing, negotiate, dealing with tenants, dealing with property management. Uh, so... It, it, there's only so many hours in a day, right? <laughs> totally, totally agree. 
The Deal. All right, so let's talk about the deal. Um, tell me, where is this asset located and what type of asset is it? Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, the, the deal that we pulled together beginning of the year. Uh, the asset uh, is uh, in uh, close to Charlotte, North Carolina. We really like this market. We have worked with an operator on uh, several deals in that particular market. It's a high-growing market in terms of jobs, uh, income, population, and um, that deal was uh, uh, the sponsor approached us uh, beginning of the COVID-19 when it was just starting out. And uh, it was a large uh, acquisition of uh, 200 plus units. It was class A in a good neighborhood uh, near the lake, 20 minutes away uh, from Charlotte uh, in a, a sub-market of, of Charlotte. And uh, in fact, the first time uh, uh, that this sponsor that we've known each other for some time, we met several times at different conferences, so we had lunch and we got to know each other, uh, we, we got to know each other's vision, so we were totally aligned, and I built the relationship in a such a way that I said, you know, wh whenever we have a deal uh, that uh, you'd like to participate uh, with us, you know, please uh, keep us in mind and offer such an opportunity because we are a Silicon Valley-based company, we have a lot of affluent uh, accredited investors that like to passively invest with us. And uh, uh, when the pandemic was just starting out and he did reach out to us and it was a large raise of about $20 million, we turned it down because we personally, uh, my business partner and I said, you know what, uh, this is probably not the right time to buy real estate uh, because there were so many uh, unknown risks and factors. I mean, uh, some people thought that you know, this is the end of the world. This is the global pandemic. Who knows? Are we going to recover the, or not, right? But we kept in touch. It was uh, delayed in closing uh, for, for about a month or several uh, months and a half or so. So uh, about one or two weeks later, uh, we kept in touch with the sponsor team. And we looked at the financials. We looked at the rent rolls. We looked at uh, current occupancy. Uh, and we really liked the deal. If it was not for a pandemic, we would definitely jump in with the first call uh, and then we re-looked at it again, basically. We looked at the financials one more time, and uh, we really liked break-even occupancy. It was fairly low in the 50s. The current occupancy was 95, I believe, and the break-even was so low. Plus, the financials, uh, uh, the, the team was able to get a super low, under 3% uh, interest-only loan, 10-year uh, fixed, amortized over 30 with the 7-year I.O., uh, option and, and you know so we started talking to uh, talking to ourselves is like you know what maybe we should relook into this maybe we should we should uh, open this opportunity up to our investors because we thought that you know what we actually like the deal you know why don't we jump in we invest in every deal ourselves so uh, after relooking at it over and over again we thought you know what we will invest in this deal we will uh, offer such opportunity to our investors and let them decide, okay? Yes, there is a lot of unknown. There, yes, there is a lot of risks uh, and factors involved. We don't know what's going on. But at the same time, at that time, market was really plummeting, if you remember. Yes. The stock market uh, dropped about 30%. A lot of people started to get very nervous. Uh, some people were actually sitting on cash, uh, earning almost nothing. Uh, that, that particular deal, uh, cash flows from day one, it was paying anywhere from 5 to 9% uh, distributions paid out monthly. 
and uh, we just uh, uh, opened that opportunity up. We hosted a webinar with our sponsor team to a selective group of our investors that expressed an interest, and uh, we closed it in, in two weeks. Uh, the, we were allocated a certain dollar amount uh, that uh, we agreed to, to work uh, with the sponsor, and uh, uh, it was way beyond <laughs> even our expectations. I guess uh, we didn't let the fear of ourselves and in a deal to stop us. So that was a learning curve, and uh, we never looked back. And we, as I told you earlier, uh, before uh, we started this call, we just closed on three different deals, uh, the raises on three different deals. It gave us so much momentum going forward that uh, we felt uh, so good about ourselves yeah, that uh, it just carries it on. Yeah, I think you bring something very important that, you know, if the numbers work, you know, it doesn't really matter when you buy the deal. I mean, you always, Correct. obviously in a pandemic, you're going to have your underwriting has to be a little bit more conservative and plan for a little bit of the unknown. But if the, you were saying like the occupancy, you only needed to have 50% occupancy for this deal to work and you were at 95% occupancy. So exactly. A lot of room there to work with. And Correct. something very important, it was cash flowing from day one. And that's very important because it's gonna, you're going to put your money to work and it's going to be paying you from day one. There's some other deals where it doesn't pay from day one. So you want to make sure Correct. That, that this deals. All right, so let's, let's dissect it a little bit because we went like we threw a lot of stuff out there. And <laughs> I know some of my listeners are new to syndication and new to larger deals. Um, so let's go back and how did, how did uh, you find this deal? I know you partnered with yeah, so, in North Carolina. Correct. Yeah, correct. So we didn't find a deal. We rely on partners uh, in different markets. We do deals nationwide. We've invested in Carolinas, uh, now North Carolina, South Carolina. We've done a lot of deals in the Texas. We've done uh, deals in Phoenix, uh, in Arizona. We love that market too. Uh, Florida as well. We've done deals uh, there as well. So uh, as I was describing earlier, uh, we just uh, got to know the sponsor team and they, they reached out to us and presenting us such an opportunity to partner with them on a certain uh, allocation with, that we felt strong uh, that uh, we, we like the market. You know, we really like the Carolina market. This is not the first time. And our visions and financials aligned. So at first, we were just scared, right? The, the deal made sense, but there was so much unknown that we decided to turn it down. But then after we re-looked at, you know, we looked at financials one more time, we looked at uh, break-even occupancies, we said, you know what? Uh, it makes sense. Let's do it. You know, you, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, so, so sometimes it's okay to pivot. You know, sometimes it's okay to say no, and then change your mind and say yes. All right. You have so, to be flexible. You know, in real estate, you have to be flexible, as you know. <laughs> I agree. And so was this a, an off-market deal? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was a market deal. This was a second sale uh, from the seller uh, uh, to the sponsor team. They knew the seller really well. Uh, they did negotiate a slight discount because of COVID-19 of about $1.5 million. Uh, the appraisal came in even higher than the purchase price. So that was the good thing. Uh, we instantly gained a couple of million dollars uh, in equity. In equity, absolutely. Close. That is amazing. All right. So what did the team do differently because of COVID-19? What type of underwriting uh, parameters did you guys change or what type of measures yeah. to take so that the deal 
you know, that you got a little bit protecting, protected your, your investors from risk? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, as you know, a lot of uh, underwriting models used to bank on raising rent from year one, right? So this particular deal, there was no rent increase in year one, number one. Number two is uh, uh, right now, the, 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 the guidelines are still pretty tight as far as uh, underwriting the deals and having reserves. So in this particular asset, uh, we have 12 months reserves. That was part of uh, the requirement from the bank, from uh, Fannie. And uh, it was an agency loan, as I described earlier. It was a 10-year uh, fixed uh, amortized over 30 with a seven-year I.O. So we did raise and have about a million dollar or 12, about 12, 12 months, it was a million dollar plus, a little bit more in reserve, just in case. Yeah, just in case. Excellent, excellent. And for those of you that don't know, IO means interest only, right? Interest only. Interest only. All right. Correct. Um, so that's, so how much was the, the raise of, of capital? 19 million. 19. 19. Amazing. How long did it take you to raise that capital? So the, 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 it was about two months process. You know, in our case, uh, our allocation was about two to three weeks, I would say. So remember, we turned it down first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a very limited uh, time frame uh, to raise that capital. Was this a syndication uh, 506B or 506C? 506B. Okay. We knew the people uh, that uh, we offered that opportunity. We have been uh, educating uh, our investors and telling them that, you know, we will have a deal coming up, you know, just hang tight, have some reserves uh, sitting in cash, or uh, you can utilize your retirement funds to do that. And uh, we've been uh, conservatively uh, looking for, for a while, you know, three to six months. And when that deal came along, uh, again, uh, we were just nervous. <laughs> but uh, it's understandable. I mean, I, I, you remember really well, I mean, three to six months, there was so much uncertainty uh, because of pandemic. Uh, a lot of people were, were, were thinking that, uh, you know, uh, is, is this the end of the world? What's going on? I mean, the whole world was turned upside down because of COVID-19. But luckily, you know, for us, uh, we were uh, fortunate enough to uh, be offered such opportunity, and uh, we have good investors. Uh, a lot of us, a lot of them are actually close friends of ours, and uh, they put a trust in us to vet out the operator, vet out the deal, vet out the financial, and ultimately they decided to co-invest and jump into the deal with us. Excellent. And was this a, a value-add opportunity? Correct. So, you know, in our case, you know, we don't do any new developments. Uh, we, we stay away from hotels at this point. We have invested in hotels in the past. Right now, our pure focus is on very light value-add opportunity. We, we don't invest nor buy, you know, total got-out uh, type of uh, rehab. So in this case, you know, uh, the asset is fairly new, about five-year-old, and uh, there's going to be some very light value-add. So there's going to be uh, additional satellite internet service uh, to be added, uh, there's going to be some uh, repainting, rebranding, but you know nothing major in terms of uh, changing uh, the units itself uh, uh, because of uh, good quality. Good quality. W another thing I forgot to mention was, uh, as you know, there's a lot of people that are not pay not paying rent, mm -hmm. right? So uh, the location is so important nowadays 
were you investing? This was a class A asset type, fairly new uh, building. Uh, in addition to that, the quality of the tenants were really good. So uh, the sponsor team did a demographic study. They actually got to know through the rent rolls who is the renter, what kind of jobs do they have. And uh, we also felt pretty confident after finding that information and presenting that to our investors, right? So there was a lot of people uh, in that particular uh, uh, apartment that had paying jobs that they can work from home. They had high incomes, three to sometimes four times uh, the rent uh, of their monthly income, right? So we felt pretty good that, you know, this, this was the right move for us and our investors to move forward and invest in this cash flowing asset. Uh, we buy assets that cash flow from day one. You know, if the business plan does not have distribution in year one, uh, this will be very difficult for us to pass this uh, deal to our investors. It has to make distributions and cash flow from day one. We invest for capital preservation. That's a kind of our mantra. Number one, number two, cash flow. And only three is uh, capital uh, equity appreciation. Excellent. And, and you, it's very important, uh, like you said, the tenants, especially right now with all these uh, no rent uh, movements, that that you're that you're getting that you don't get into an asset class right now where a lot of people are going to try to get into these movements and, and stop paying rent um, correct yeah absolutely all right so i want to know now what is alex reading lately what book do you recommend to my listeners yeah so i actually use a lot of audible i listen uh, through amazon uh, so right now i'm listening to a book uh, by bob proctor uh, called you were born rich and uh, uh, it talks about the mindset because uh, i am a big believer in a mindset even the company name that we came up with the wealthy mind investments uh, i'm a big believer in tony robbins bob proctor self-development i read a lot of books continue uh, work on my mindset and help others along the way is that the 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 the, the riches and the mindset starts right here if you can visualize if you can picture yourself being successful at whatever you do it doesn't even have to be real estate real estate is just a vehicle to build wealth right mm -hmm. uh, it will happen you will manifest exactly to what you can picture uh, in your mind. Productivity hack. All right. So now I want to ask you about your productivity hack. What have you done in your business that have taken you to the next level? So in particular, in my business, uh, we have email marketing. Uh, I think this is a very important tool to have instead of emailing people individually. We use an active campaign uh, to email uh, uh, our investors and just keep them abreast, not only for the deals, but just what's, what's happening to what's going on uh, in the marketplace. I think it's important that uh, you continuously educate and add value to your investors. So we host webinars, educational webinars. We bring different speakers. And uh, we're adding more blog, more content. Uh, we, we provide uh, sort of value add to our investors just to keep them educated and informed because ultimately they rely on us to do the heavy work and due diligence, right? They don't want to research and spend hours and hours of time figuring out which market they should be investing. So they rely on us 
to get that valuable uh, insights. And then uh, uh, when we find good opportunities, they're looking up to us to consult with them. Right. Uh, how often do you email your, your list, your uh, uh, investors? Uh, that's a good question. We typically do it on biweekly basis, every two weeks. Excellent. Biweekly. All right. And, and do you uh, do it like in short versions of emails or do you do long emails? Uh, we typically include a couple of articles. So it could be a blog. It could be external article uh, from a, uh, a val validated source, so maybe Wall Street Journal or a Bloomberg or National uh, Real Estate News. Then we, we also sometimes uh, include a, a recent YouTube video of a webinar that we hosted. So we recently did one uh, educational webinar, how to utilize retirement funds to invest in real estate. So we keep it to three, four pieces of information as well, because uh, you know, we don't email every other day. I know some people do, and we don't want to spam yeah, <laughs> our investors. Yeah, uh, on, on the spam folder. Exactly. Awesome. awesome. Expert tips. All right, so now we get to the part of the show where you're going to share three expert tips. And today, Alex is going to share three expert tips on how to raise capital in times of COVID. Yeah, so number one is you got to start uh, uh, early in your engagement process talking to investors. So the reason why some of our investors jumped in and invested with us was because we've been in touch with them, uh, uh, with some of them for a year, almost a year. So they knew what we were doing. We had conversation. They were able to get the, the emails from us. So they knew that we were looking. We were fishing for a deal. We just couldn't find it. And even during COVID-19, when we found that needle in a haystack, they jumped on it, right? So number one is, you know, do not wait for the deal to start calling people because a lot of people will resist when you call them, when you ask them to invest with you, right? So that's number one. Uh, number two is automation. I think uh, this is very important instead of just uh, you emailing individual person, you know, pick a CRM system. It could be active campaign, which you recommend. It could be a, a MailChimp. Uh, there's a, there's a, others uh, out there as well. And uh, number three, uh, I think you need to also have a mentor. Uh, I think you need to have somebody that has done this, that have uh, figured this out already, that you can reach out to. And there will be a lot of questions that you will not know the answer. And being able to reach out to the person uh, uh, very quickly on the fly, get a quick answer and get back to the investor uh, is very important. Having that uh, somebody, you know, uh, that you can rely on and have a quicker turnaround, uh, I would say is also very important. Absolutely. I, I love that. You know, like a mentor or, you know, a person that has done what you are trying to do. I think that's awesome to have in anything that you want to do, have somebody to ask questions. And, and be, be willing to receive the answers even if you don't like them. Correct. <laughs> Next Correct. Because, because your investors, your, your clients, they're looking for a quick uh, turnaround, quick response. If you, if, you, if you promise somebody that you're going to get back to them, please do, you know, ideally within 24 hours. And having access to a mentor can definitely expedite uh, the, the investing process. Absolutely. All right. This was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for bringing so much value 
So where can people find you in social media if they want to contact you? Yeah, so I do have a website. I have a YouTube channel uh, uh, as well. Um, uh, WealthyMindInvestments.com is the website. You can Google it. Uh, you, you can go directly to my website or you can uh, go on YouTube, WealthyMindInvestments.com. You can email to me at Alex at uh, WealthyMindInvestments.com or you can go to my website and book a 15-minute schedule. Uh, just a conversation. If I, if I can be of service to anyone uh, either looking to get started or passively investing with us, uh, please uh, feel free uh, to reach out. Awesome. And if you are enjoying this content, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the channel and to like our podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or any other uh, source, make sure to uh, give us a like. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you, Alex, for being here today. Thank you, Annette, for having me. Uh, have a safe uh, evening, everyone. Thank you. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.